Sometimes her name's something. Well, how can it not be amazing, Grace? We'll do. We'll do that. We'll do the Here I Am to Worship and okay. Amazing Grace. Okay. You want to do them back to back? You want me to sit down after? We'll, we'll do. Yeah, and then I'll. We'll do the. We'll do one. All right. Which one are we gonna do first? Amazing Grace. One hundred four. All, All right. right. Let's uh, if you join me. Apologize for the ad hoc. Yeah. The musicians weren't feeling well this morning, so I guess we'll pray for them this morning. But right. join us. We'll start out with 104. Man, it's a good old-fashioned one. You've got to start out with Amazing Grace. It's a good way to start your worship. So uh, join with me. It's number 104. It's Amazing Grace. And that, let's do uh, the first, second, and fifth verses. Okay. Does that sound good? Yep. You guys, you got to join me. Yeah, we have no music, so we'll pop a pellicle. Come on. You gotta drown me out. <laughs> Here we go. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed when we. Been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. You can be seated. Uh, let's go to Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to come again together as your people gather in your house and worship you. Lord, I ask that, that everything we do here today would be pleasing to you. Lord, we ask you to bless those that are grieving. Lord, we ask you to bless those that are recovering from illnesses. Lord, we ask you to bless those that are fighting this virus. Uh, Lord, we just know that you're in control. And all of this, even though we may not understand, works for your glory. And Lord, we just uh, ask you to help us not to lose faith, but to put our faith and our whole trust in you. And Lord, seek you in all things we do. I ask you to open this up for your pleasure, and may it be pleasing to you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, I'm going to do birthdays and anniversaries right quick. Uh, Stephen Evans has a birthday on the 11th. Uh, Bobby Wilson and my grandson, J.R. Cook, have a birthday on the 12th. Are there any other birthdays? All right. None of them are here, but some of them are watching, so let's sing happy birthday to them. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Okay. All right. The second uh, worship song we're going to do this morning is number 130. 130. That's Here I Am to Worship. This is a contemporary one. Everybody knows this one, so we got to sing it loud. Let the whole neighborhood in Pinehurst here hear us. <laughs> Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. King of all days, oh so highly exalted. Glorious in heaven above Humbly you came to the earth you created All for love's sake became poor Here I am to worship Here I am to bow down Here I am to say that you're my God you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know. How much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy. All together wonderful to me. Amen. Amen. Well, we've uh, we've came to a time of our announcements and uh, prayer requests and praises. Uh, the following items are being collected for the uh, center. Uh, the pregnancy center in Carthage, diapers, formula, clothes, baby wipes, and, and of course, uh, money. Uh, thank you. There's a box in the fellowship hall if you'd like to donate items. And uh, we don't have a date yet as when we will deliver them, but we're going to be collecting for a while. So if you have donated items already, God bless you. If you still want to donate items, God bless you. Uh, we're doing this... Uh, 
so that we won't be a name-only church. We're doing this because we're going to put our actions uh, where our mouths are. You know, we, we had uh, Sanctity of Life celebration. And we called out the hypocrisy and the, and the lunacy of murdering babies. And so now it's time for us to step up as a congregation and, uh, and help the pregnancy center in Carthage. I mean, that's what we need to do. And so we're going to do that. And, uh, uh, and we appreciate all your help and your support and your prayers. Uh, Wednesday evening Bible study will continue at 6.30. Um, are there any other announcements? Uh, go, go ahead. Uh, she told me she's ordered the stuff and uh, she was going to let me know a date once the fruit got here so that I could put it on a calling tree. Uh, we are going to do the fruit bags that we normally do at Christmas uh, due to the China virus, we've had to postpone that and we'll, we'll get those treat bags out. We'll let you know when they're available and how you can get a hold of them. And we encourage everyone to get one. Um, I especially like them because it reminds me of my childhood with the fruit and the nuts, mainly the candy. You know, it's got chocolate candy in it. And so anyway, uh, always good to go back to your childhood. Uh, Praises and prayer requests. Uh, remember Bobby Wilson as he continues to, uh, uh, to, to mourn Miss Betty. He's doing pretty good. Um, remember uh, John, my friend John Black uh, who is recovering from uh, five bypass surgeries. Um, and uh, he's doing pretty well. Uh, remember Miss Sandy. Uh, you can come down the list. Uh, remember Benny. Uh, Benny is in the uh, he Karen took him to the hospital yesterday evening late kind of and uh, and she had to drop him off and they kept him uh, Benny was complaining with shortness of breath couldn't breathe catch his breath and uh, for those of you that, that know or don't know uh, Benny tested positive so keep Benny in your in your prayer also um uh, David Troutman, who's David Wicker's brother-in-law, uh, keep him in your prayers. He's having some health issues, and they're going to run some tests on him. Uh, I think Monday or Tuesday of this week. So keep David Troutman in your prayers. Uh, Miss Mabel is at home, and she's doing better. Uh, are there any other additions to the prayer list? Pat, that's exactly right. Pat Hollyfield. Uh, Patricia Hollyfield's father passed away yesterday or either earlier this morning. So uh, continue to lift them up in prayers. Uh, uh, I'm sure Pat is heartbroken. Um, Continue to pray for Rachel and some of the others that are in the uh, care facilities uh, uh, that they continue to be safe. Uh, pray for our uh, elected officials, uh, our representatives. Uh, are, there, are there any other uh, updates or... or uh, 
Jared. My, I think my father's uh, already on there. He was sick a couple of weeks ago, and he, uh, that's Barry Stevens. But on Thursday, he passed out, and on Friday morning at 7.30, he was getting a pacemaker put in. And then Saturday morning, they let him out and told him he could go back to work on Monday. Wow. So, um, some big life changes over the weekend for him. I hear you. He recover for the week and save Good. the rest. But Good. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just out of a question, did you did that lady ever get a hold of you? We'll talk about that later. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Well, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, any other any praises? Uh, number one, I have one. It's it's great to be standing here today. Uh, uh, cabin fever and COVID or China virus is not good. They're not conducive. <laughs> Everybody gets on everybody's nerves, especially when the whole house is quarantined. Uh, it's. Uh, we have a 2,000 square foot house and it seemed like 650 square feet after about four days. Uh, it, it, it shrinks, but we're all good. We survived and we're all the better for it. Um, but yes, uh, uh, I don't wish anyone have to go through it. it. It, You know, the flu, you get the flu and everybody has the same symptoms. You get this, and nobody has the same symptoms. It hits, it hits you one way, and it hits me another way. My wife had it tested positive. She had no symptoms, no sickness, no nothing. Me, on the other hand, I was flat on my back, couldn't hardly do anything. So, you know, God is good. He chooses, I guess, you know. I make the statement a lot of times, God won't give you any more than you can handle, but he'll put enough on you to drive you to your knees. This time he laid me out prostate, so... I did a lot of praying. So, uh, are there any praises and prayer requests? Absolutely, yes. Uh, I appreciate that. You, you don't know how blessed you are as a congregation to be able to to uh, have somebody step into the pulpit and fill it from your congregation. Uh, there's a lot of folks and a lot of congregations that could do it but won't. And when you have somebody that that's willing to and will, man, that's a that's a big load, not only off the congregation but off the pastor. So, thank you, brother. Um, any other praises? There is a bulletin about Miss Betty's. Okay, yes, there's a bulletin of Miss Betty's service. Uh, it's on the bulletin board in the back. If you would like, I have a copy of it right here. Um, she was an amazing lady. I mean, when she was she was preemie, and they used to stick her on the door of the oven to keep her warm when she was a baby. Isn't that amazing? You know, people do what they have to do. Uh, but uh, she was a wonderful lady. Uh, she was feisty. I watched her and Bobby. We laugh. I see you, you, her and Bobby would get, would would lead the music, and they would get into it. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sitting over here just just laughing. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't matter. But, but anyway, uh, uh, she will be missed, and at least she is at, at home and at peace with her Lord. Uh, any others? All right, let's let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we lift up Pat Hollyfield and her family as they grieve the loss of her, of her father. Lord, we lift up uh, Brother Barry Stevens as he has some life-changing events happen to him. We lift up Brother John, the same with him. Uh, Lord, we lift up Benny and Bobby and uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, Miss Sandy, uh, uh, Mabel, Miss Mabel, Lonnie, Pearl, or uh, Lonnie, um, Rachel. Just the the list goes on. Miss Junior Talbert. Uh, we just lift them all up. Clayton and Linda, Wayne, uh, Bernie and Walter. The, the, the list goes on, Lord. You know the afflictions. You know, uh, and, and David Troutman and. You know all of these circumstances. None of them has surprised you, God. And we lift them up to you and know that you're in control and that each circumstance will work for your glory. We may not understand it. We may not see it. But we know that you receive the glory for everything that's happening. And God, we just trust you for that. I ask you, Lord, to, uh, to open up your word to us as we move forward. Uh, I ask you, Lord, to... Uh, let it seek and hit where it needs. Uh, we trust you and your ability, Lord, to uh, let your word not return void. I just love you, and it's a pleasure to be here, Lord, to serve you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, we have a, uh, we can do the offer, the offering, we just won't have a hymn. Uh, so if you guys want to uh, take up the offering, that'll be great. I could hum, but I don't think you would like that. <laughs> Most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for all the folks that showed up today to worship in your name. God, just thank you for the people that are listening right now to this on the Once again, good morning and welcome to Deep Creek Baptist. If you have your Bibles, if you'll go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 5. Um, I, I talked to Jeff throughout my, pardon me, throughout my, uh, my uh, illness or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I talked to him on a regular basis and we were pitching ideas and, um, and I told him, 
the first sermon that I was prepared to deliver that if you came to Deep Creek Baptist Church today expecting to be entertained, you're in the wrong place. Uh, we're not going to have smoke machines, and we're not going to have disco balls, and we're not going to dim the lights, and, uh, and we're not going to wear skinny jeans, and we're not going to do whatever it takes to make you feel good at church. What we are going to do is we're going to preach the unadulterated Word of God. Uh, we're going to preach the gospel, and, uh, and so today that's what I'm going to attempt to do is preach the gospel. Uh, with everything that's going on in our world today, uh, and I've talked to Roger, and, and evangelism seems to be the hardest thing to do with the social distancing and the, uh, the people trying to tell you you need to separate and God's family is supposed to be together. So you have a paradigm going on to where, who do I obey? Do I obey God or do I obey Caesar? And so it comes to the point to where we have to decide as individuals, like I said a couple of weeks ago before I was sick, how lost or how sick does somebody have to be before we decide we are going to bring them to Jesus? And so that's a question that only you can answer in your heart. So with that, uh, if you will turn to... Uh, Luke chapter 5, uh, I'm going to start in verse 15, and then I'll, the meat of my sermon will be uh, somewhere between 17 and 20-something, so uh, here we go. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and a great multitude came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Now we're talking about Jesus and he's been run out of Nazareth and, and so he's in Capernaum. And so, uh, and it says, and I withdrew with my, uh, it said, and I and I and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. Pages sticking together. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Uh, and I behold men brought in a bed a man which was taken with palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by which way that they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop. And they let him down through the tiling uh, with the couch onto the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy their sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying amongst themselves, which it doesn't say amongst themselves, but that's what they were doing. Who is this which speaketh blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, <laughs> but when Jesus perceived their thoughts, uh, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? 
Whether it is easy to say thy sins are forget, be forgiven thee, or to say arise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath, uh, hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick uh, uh, of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go unto thy house. And immediately he arose up before them and took up that which he was laid and departed to his own house glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they all glorified God and were filled with the fear saying, We have seen strange things today. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. Lord, I ask you to open these verses up to us as your servants as your disciples, Lord, that we may take to heart this example and, Lord, that we may apply it to our lives so that those who are in desperate need of healing, whether it's physical, spiritual, mental, that we have the wherewithal, the prayer withal, the faith to bring them to you. Lord, I love you and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Being a Christian today is pretty simple. I mean, if you are a Christian and you were never one of the ones that wanted to get involved and you were never one of the ones who wanted to evangelize and you were never one of the ones to, to go out and participate in missions, you got to be loving this last year. Because now you have an excuse to sit in the pew and do nothing. There's a virus. Oh, I might get sick. I can't do that. There's laws that says we can't gather. I can't do that. And so you're happy because now your circumstances has met your fear. Now your circumstances has met your devotion. And so with that, I, I chose this story today because God led me there that four men took their friend who was desperate to need, that they knew was desperate to be healed. And they were going to do everything that it took so that he would be healed. How many of us would have grabbed them, put them in the truck, and then we got there and the place was packed and it was a mile to walk up there to see them? Oh, well, we'll come back later. We'll catch him at the next spot. No, these men took their friend and put him on his bedroll and they carried him. And they carried him and couldn't figure out how to get in the house because the place was packed. So they crawled up on the roof and poked a hole in the roof and lowered him down. What audacity to interrupt a sermon by lowering a quadriplegic through the roof. Think about that. Do we have that kind of faith? Do we know folks in our lives who are so lost that we were willing to risk everything? What if the rope broke? What if he fell off the mat? What if Jesus didn't heal him? Are we willing to risk it all so that someone can come to salvation and their sins can be healed? Listen, this is what Spurgeon said about these men. These men were the Pharisees. He's talking about the Pharisees. These men were sitting by with a critical eyes and heart, ready to twist and pounce upon some word of Jesus. Yet at least they were there. 
We're glad to have these people sitting by rather than not coming at all because in the way the Lord may meet with them. If they're not there, He probably won't. Think about this. If you go out to where the shots are flying, you may be wounded one of these days. So is that what we do? Do we better just hunker down and stay at home and not go where the shots are firing because somebody might need us? Then again, we might not be wounded one day. It's better to come and hear the gospel from a low motive than not to come and hear it at all. That's what Spurgeon said. If you're coming to hear the gospel at any church that's preaching the Word of God and you're coming with low expectations, that's great. That's great. It's better than to not to come at all. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Listen to this. You're talking about the Son of Man. And they say the presence of the Lord was, was there to heal them. The presence of the Lord, the, the, the power to heal was always with Him. Whether He did or not. They went up on the housetop and they lured Him through. You know, even in Jesus' ministry, some of His work, He never did miraculous signs. You know why? Because the audience was unbelieving. Think about this. Have you ever been in churches and never seen God move? Have you ever been in a church and never seen God move? That's because the audience is unbelieving. I've seen God move here. I've seen Him do it. I mean... I got stories I could tell you of what's happened since I've been here over the years. God is alive here because this congregation believes they are a believing congregation. You know, we note that the power of the Lord was present after He withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. But these guys went up on the housetop because the room was crowded. The friends of the paralyzed man had to lure him down through the roof. Certainly and certainly an audacious move on their part. They removed the tiling of the roof. Just think about the homeowner. What in the world? They busted a hole in my roof. This proved the determination and the faith of his friends to be able to do that for him. How determined are you with your friends and your loved ones to see that they come to Christ? Are we easily persuaded or dissuaded because of difficulties that are put in our way? You know it would have been a lot easier for them to bring him back. Then to lower him down through the roof. But they chose to do the latter. You know, I like Spurgeon. Spurgeon spoke of the quality of the men who would bring a friend to Jesus in such a way. Think about this, guys and ladies. See if this applies to you. They need be strong for the burden is heavy. 
They need be resolute, for the work will try their faith. They need be prayerful, otherwise they labor in vain. They must be believing, or they will be utterly useless. Jesus describes the paralyzed man's sins forgiven. He declares it. In 20 to 22, he says, he said, when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. Then the scribes and the Pharisees begin to reason and saying, who is this who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your heart? When Jesus saw the faith of the men, he looked upon the four guys struggling with the crude ropes tied to each corner of the stretcher. He looked at them and he saw their faith. Their faith could be seen by their actions. Their bold, determined action to bring their friend to Jesus proved they had real faith. There's something lacking in faith if you can never see it. If, if no one can see your faith, there's something lacking in your faith. You know, I like to quote Adrian Rogers. Preach the gospel wherever you go and when necessary, use words. That's living your faith. People seeing your faith. Do we walk the walk? Or do we just talk? You know, talk is cheap. There's all kind of little sayings and, and acronyms and things that you can use. Picture is worth a thousand words. Picture is worth a thousand words. What does the picture of you look like today? What thousand words is your picture screaming? Is your picture screaming faith in Christ? Is your picture screaming doubtful living? Is your picture screaming abundant life? What thousand words will your picture say about you? In this account, the emphasis is on the faith of the friends of the paralyzed man. We need to have faith for more than our own needs. Think about that. That's how your faith is seen. Because the things you're seeking are beyond yourself and your comfort and your family. But also have faith that Jesus can, can and will meet the needs of others whom we bring to him. Think about this. These four guys left wherever they were at and brought their friend. They carried him. You know, they didn't throw him in the back of the truck and drive him over there and then get him out on the stretch. They carried him from wherever they were there because they knew Jesus was there. Then they tried to push through the crowd to get inside the building and couldn't. And they went up the outside stairs and got up on the roof. And then they started peeling the roof back and fashioning ropes so that they could lure him down to the Savior so that he could be healed. They had no idea whether Jesus was going to heal him or not. But they had faith that if he could see him, he would. Man, your sins are forgiven. And everybody in the place sucked there. We can imagine how the friends on the roof felt. 
They went to a lot of trouble to see their friend healed of this paralysis. And now the teacher seemed to only be concerned with his spiritual problems. Isn't it amazing that Christ addressed the most pressing issue in this man's life? His sins. Not that his sins caused him to be paralyzed. Not that his sins had caused him anything other than the fact that he was separated from God by his sins. And the first thing Jesus did was address it. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus knew the man's real need and it was for and his greatest need was to him to be called sinless. For him to be healed of his sins and forgiven. And Jesus knew the man's legs would work good for him. If he healed the legs first, the man could have rose from the blanket and walked straight into hell. So he healed his most pressing need with the forgiveness of sins. And he didn't mean that the man was necessarily a, a, a sinner and that he was suffering from sin. Instead, he addressed the man greatest needs. That's what we need to do with our friends. Address the greatest needs. The greatest needs is a sinful nature. And the only way that it can be forgiven is through Jesus Christ. Period. There's no other name under the sun by which men are saved than that of Jesus Christ. Period. I don't care if so, they try to portray it as some guy in a shack I don't care how they portray it of some new moon rising. I don't care. Jesus Christ is the only way which people are saved. The Bible tells us so. And it's amazing because God made the statement. God himself. So who can forgive sins but God alone? The religious leaders used, their, used the right kind of logic they correctly believed that only God could forgive sin. And they were even correct by examining this new teacher. Their error was in refusing to see who Jesus actually was. Or is. God, the Son. Who has the authority to forgive sin. Again and again during the life of Jesus, the same dilemma was, was to reappear. If he were not divine, then he was indeed a blasphemer. There could be no third way out. Either he was divine or not. The same dilemma faces folks today. Either Jesus is divine and who he says he is, or he is not. That is the question that is before everyone. Who is he? This reminds us that only God can solve the sin problem. We can't even forgive ourselves because if we could forgive ourselves, then why would he have to have hung on the cross? That means that we have the power and authority to forgive other folks' sins and we don't. Only God does.
Our rest in the sense of forgiveness is always created by the certainty that it is the gift of grace of God. It's not something that is earned. It's not something that is bought. It is something that is offered freely and accepted freely. And then Jesus goes on and demonstrates the power and the authority of God alone. And he asked them Pharisees, he asked the folks there, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he arose up before them took up that which he had been laying on and departed to his own house glorifying God. And they were amazed. And they glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things today. Think of this. What is easier to say? For men, both real forgiveness and the power to heal are impossible. Both are easy. It's logical assumption that if Jesus had the power to heal the man's disease, he also had the authority to forgive his sins. In a way, it was harder for Jesus to heal the man than to forgive his sins because forgiveness is invisible. Forgiveness is invisible. We know it in our hearts. We feel it. We express it in a changed life. But it's hard for it to be seen. It's not visible. Yet, when he healed the man and told him to arise, that was instantly verifiable. Whether or not a man could walk Jesus was willing to put himself to the test in a way where the results would be immediate. And he asked those people, what is it easier for me to do, to forgive his sin or to tell him to arise and walk? So that you may know that I have authority because he had already forgiven him of his sin. Arise, take up your role and go to your house. And he did, immediately. And he called himself so that you may know the Son of Man has authority. He, also, he often referred to himself as the Son of Man. The idea is not the perfect man or the ideal man or even the common man. Instead it was a reference to Daniel 7, 13 and 14. Where the coming King of glory coming to judge the world has the title Son of Man. Jesus used this title often. He did it because it was a messianic title. And if he used the, and called himself the king or Christ, those titles in the ears of his audience sounded like the one who will defeat the Romans. He wasn't just going to defeat the Romans. He was going to defeat death for all humans who believe in him.
And another reason that he used the Son of Man because it was a claim to the Messiah in terms that could not be easily attacked. It was not a political term. And the man immediately arose. Imagine the tension in the scene when, it, when Jesus asked that question. The scribes were tense because Jesus challenged them in their belief system. And He said He would demonstrate that He was the Son of Man. The paralyzed man was tense because he wondered if Jesus would really go to heal him. The crowd must have been tense because they sensed the tension between everyone else in the room. The owner of the house was tense because they tore a hole in his roof. The four guys that dropped him through the roof were tense because they were tired by now and the only one not tense in the whole place was Jesus. And He tells them, arise. And He does. So when we come to our friends that are needing Christ, are we going to rope them up? Lower them down? Lift them up? Drag them? Carry them? You know, we were told in one of the parables to to go and compel them to come in. Do you know what it means to compel somebody to do something? You've got to motivate them. I did a lot of things in basic training because I was compelled to do it. The consequences of not doing it were not conducive to, to a happy life. We were to compel people to come in. We need to find our friends and family. We need to find those who are suffering. We need to find those who need to be lowered through the roof who need healing, whether it's spiritual healing, whether it's physical healing. Whatever the healing they need, the only one that can heal them is Jesus Christ. And that's our job as ambassadors and part of the royal priesthood is to compel them to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's words are powerful. When he spoke to that man to arise, he immediately arose. When we speak these words today, somebody out there or in here needed to hear arise and go to your house and praise God. That's what we're about. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what all of this is about. That's what the bride of Christ is about. The gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not, I have my salvation, oh well, I'm set. Some folks have fire insurance. Just enough of Jesus to stay out of the lake of the fire. I want life insurance. I want the abundant life. I want it all. And if that means I have to suffer, oh well, guess what? It was promised to me that I would have suffering. I have joy in my soul. And if that means I get to go through trials and tribulations for His name's sake, I hope that when the trial comes and the tribulation comes, that when it's over, if I survive, I will be able to say I was blessed to be striped for my Lord. And I want to hear, well done, good and faithful service. Enter into the joy of your Lord. 
I don't want to hear the most dreaded words ever written in the book. Depart from me, for I never knew you. Where do you stand today? Well done or depart? That's the answer that only you and Christ can answer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. Lord, I ask that not one soul that has listened to this message today ever hears the words, Depart from me, for I never knew you. I pray, God, that each one will commit to you and hear those welcome terms that the day of our expiration on this earth, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Lord, I love you, and I ask you to press upon the hearts that today, is the day of the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We uh, probably not going to have an offertory hymn, but uh, if you need to